Welcome to Supply Chain Radio, where experts talk, where opinions are shared, and answers are provided. My name is Greg Kiefer, and I'm your host. Today, I'd like to welcome John Atherton. Uh, John is a colleague of mine here at GT Nexus, and his title is VP of Solutions Consulting. Um, the reason I'm talking to John today on, on Supply Chain Radio is because John is really is in front of every customer uh, that we have, and has had an immense amount of experience talking to a wide array of leaders and very large companies across all types of business verticals. And part of what his charter is, is to um, develop business cases, understand value, present ROI, and you know really kind of support the why should I do this aspect of any uh, software engagement with these companies. So John, welcome. Thanks, Greg. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the engagement process and and you know how it, that relates to an, a technology investment of some kind and and you know as I guess an expert at that um, I guess I'd like to start by asking you know why is this a big deal why is it important to have a process when buying technology Well it's kind of like any project or plan that you might encounter in the business world it's good to know what the end line is and what you're heading towards what the different deliverables are and the timing and who's involved. In this case, it's around purchasing technology. So like those other project plans, it's good to know what the vision is, how much time customers want to spend on quantifying the value and building a case uh, when they make the investment in technology. And that's the same for both the buyer, the customer, as well as the seller, in this case, GT Nexus, for example. Well, since we are on supply chain radio, um, let me kind of zero in here on you know, why is this kind of thing important when it comes to supply chain technology? Uh, you know, is there anything special that a, that a procurer of a supply chain technology solution needs to think about when, when undertaking something like this? Well, in some regards, supply chain technology business cases are very similar to other uh, enterprise software investments and initiatives, meaning it has to make business sense and be cash flow positive. What I've seen, based on the customers I talk to, like Home Depot and Procter & Gamble, is that it's difficult sometimes in supply chain uh, for those VPs and directors to actually quantify the types of value that they're seeking. Things like improved predictability in their supply chains, um, easier uh, integration points with their partners. Those can be difficult to quantify, and that's why it takes an extra level of investment and thinking around uh, that, that type of effort. So. It's, I'm listening to this. Um, I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, in your mind, how would the ideal process go if you were to undertake, say, a supply chain visibility initiative? Uh, you know, you're an expert. What would you? How would you counsel somebody to pr approach that? I would say, first of all, the the customer and the project sponsor should should sit down and think about the vision of where they want to take their supply chain in the future, and also. Uh, to begin to catalog the different requirements and needs of different departments across the organizations. Remember, this is a story not just about logistics and supply chain, but also about finance and treasury. <clears throat> Second, uh, a, a business discovery is probably the next best step to invest in, and that is to actually interview each of those departments, figure out where their challenges lie and where their areas of opportunity are. Next, it would be to take a potential technology provider and ask them to demonstrate how they, that how they could fix one or many of those issues and then finally quantify the ROI that goes along with that potential investment 
And here I'm describing the return. These are benefits across different areas of the supply chain as they get bounced up and matched against the investment. That's the I in ROI over a number of years uh, to see how the, the cash flow model works out for that particular organization. Okay, so let me shift gears a little bit here. Um, you know, if you read the any technology press, you've probably read or heard about this phenomenon called cloud, which is kind of you know perpetuating all aspects of all types of technology. Um, so, you know, I, I could sit here listening to you. I think it's really cool. I also probably would assume that the process you're describing would be pretty typical or standard for any technology, whether it was you know traditional license and install software or the latest and greatest in, you know rented cloud-based technology. So, you know, if you, if you operate under the assumption that cloud is this new and different thing, how would this engagement process be different if you were looking at cloud as a, as a delivery model for the technology we're considering? Mm -hmm. couple of th a couple of things there, Greg. The first is that most companies I've seen have purchased license and install software as a capital expenditure. And as a result, that has to go uh, through a process and a series of activities and hurdles that are much different than an organization renting technology as a service. And that usually goes into an operating expenditure category, which is much more easily approved versus cap capital expenditures. The second is that during the evaluation process, my recommendation would be, due to the fact that on-demand technology is live, it's the real thing, that the potential buyer ask their vendors to use live software during the demonstration process. And those are really the two key differences between traditional license and install and on-demand. And, I mean, does, the, does this process end when the deal is signed? Uh, it doesn't. As far as we're concerned, this, this is only the beginning of a relationship. Um, because of the, the cloud delivery model, uh, remember that this, this does not mean that a customer needs to buy software, buy hardware, install them together, have people to, to operate and maintain that and create integrations. Instead, they get to log into the application through a standard internet browser, which means if it doesn't work out for them, they can walk away easily. So once a customer signs an agreement in a cloud-based technology initiative, that's only the beginning. Uh, and it's important for both parties to circle back to the original business case and value proposition to ensure that it's being realized over time. And I guess probably just tacking on to that, does, 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 does cloud fundamentally change the way software companies engage with their customers? It does. I mean, due to the fact that it's delivered over, uh, over the internet, the, the entire DNA of a, of a cloud-based technology company like ours is much different than the traditional players. How we uh, book revenue, how we recognize revenue, how we talk about our solution, how we describe security models, uh, how our application integrates with other companies outside of an organization's four walls. It's an entirely different approach uh, that is now mainstream and becoming much more accepted and very different than a traditional license and install player. In fact, it's, uh, it's difficult for those original software companies in that model to transition to on-demand and cloud. So I always like to, and we're coming to the end here, and I always like to uh, ask my, 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 uh, my guests for a little bit, you know, give our listeners a little bit of advice, you know. So, you know, based on what we've been talking about here, uh, you know, if you could give one piece of advice uh, relating to, the, you know, smart engagement practices, what would it be? What's the one thing that you kind of rises to the top for you? It's a good question, Greg. You know, there, there are a couple things. If I had to boil them down to one, it would be 
don't wait. There is documented value out there by other customers and they're realizing it with supply chain automation and initiatives. So just to put that in perspective, let's pretend that a supply chain technology project is expected to deliver, say, $15 million in value over three years. So that's $5 million a year. If you were not to launch that project, it would be like setting a weekly calendar reminder and every Monday for 52 weeks going into the lobby and burning about $96,000. So when I talk to my customers about that type of impact, they realize that this is money lost if they don't get started. Wow. Great way to end. Thanks, John.